was so inspired over the last week um, by a few young leaders uh, who may be here today. Um, and this was some work that I have done with uh, Dr. Tiffany Powell. And uh, it's uh, we were with an early 20s ROTC officer. Um, and uh, we were talking about his learning after going through uh, the Wild Toolkit and our system for developing leaders. And Dr. Tiff and I are just kind of wondering, and we were asking him questions about what is, what's going to make a difference today, like in, in the work that you're doing? And um, we asked him this, uh, why are you a leader today in ROTC? He was in the Navy. And uh, this is what he said. Um, he was, and he was about, by the way, about to go in and meet with, uh, be with, and lead uh, eighty newbies to the to ROTC to to the military. So this was like in the moments that followed our conversation, and he said this. He said, "Well, first of all, I, you know, I was told to be here at first, um, and he said it was it, very interesting how it changed, and he realized that his purpose." was related to their purpose so his purpose was somehow related to to their purpose and he said the reason why i got into the military was because um my dad did it so that's why i started and he said what i realize now is that um i'm here now i i'm here now more because of not why i started but because of why i stay and it was a pretty powerful moment as he even started to imagine his moment. He's going to be with 80 of these folks in just a few minutes after our conversation. And so I was thinking, man, I, um, it's less important about why I did this and more important about why I stay. And he really wanted to help them get on the same page in terms of them thinking about their purpose and what the military is all about and the purpose behind it. He said, my purpose is to make sure they understand their purpose. The reason I joined is not to serve my country, but because my dad did. But he said, I serve beyond myself, a higher calling. It's not why I join that matters, but why I stay. Another one of those young leaders that Dr. Tiff and I engaged with um, was as she was moving through this whole process of thinking systemic, systematically about her development, said this, I now realize that my miscommunication is not someone else's misinterpretation. And Tiffany and I were like, are you kidding me? My miscommunication is not someone else's misinterpretation. She was taking personal responsibility for the way she might be communicating. And a third one also impacted us. Uh, as we were with her, she started off very quiet and timid, but by the end, she got more passionate. We could hear her voice. And she told us that she had been in a peer group of peers who had, who had given her grief because she was too loud. And it was interesting how much that affected her. And we were seeing as she just opened up efficacy for herself, we saw her voice, her volume increase. And so we just talked about that. I know that Dr. Tiff had, had spoken with her about that. And as I think about these three incredible young leaders, what will be the impact on them of the teams they will serve on? It will be really important, right? It will be important. Those teams will elevate them or they will tear them apart. And I aspire to a great future of great teams for these young leaders. I really do want that. And why do teams really matter? Like the health and functioning of the team we work on is so fundamentally core to our capacity to flourish as human beings and to perceive ourselves on a daily basis as whole. That may sound overstated to say that that way. 
the idea that our team has something to do with our feelings of wholeness, but they do. Doesn't the team we work on have tremendous power to influence how we feel, see ourselves, how we work, and even our value? They can make us miserable or they can make us maestros. And I want to see if we can move them toward something less than miserable. I'm Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for uh, the sake of others. And we're kicking off this new series on conversations on building great teams. And I think this is something that may sound like, oh, we've covered this before, but I think we're going to go somewhere different. Um, It's going to be personal. I will dig into some of the research and we will dig into some of the research, folks who are are launching this conversation each week. And I think it's going to be extremely practical. So this week, I want to set the frame while also getting into the nitty gritty of, of teams just a bit. A whole conversation around teams is, is going to be a wild conversation. It's not going to be one we always, are always, always having. Um, and here are a couple of things that I, I just want to invite us into regarding teams that I've mentioned before, but I think there's relevance here. So when we say it's going to be a whole conversation, it's not going to be partial or skip over the hard but important stuff. Uh, It won't be simply for the sake of checking a box or just at a surface level saying like, here's the things to make an effective team. There's seven steps, but of thinking about something deeper, an invitation to a whole deeper conversation regarding what it means to build a team that so many of you are thinking like, this is, this is sound simple, but I have to do this. This is so critical. So a couple of things, here's a few things to think about is we even just set the frame that it has to be about truth and wisdom. It has to be about uh, the space between, there's space where there are truths and there is a lot of space for nuance and customization to our own situations. So it has to be about the support beams of truth, like the structural things that don't change much, if at all but also include the furniture in the house that we move around. (laughs) The nuance, the gray space, the paradoxes, the real stuff of which most, much of what our life is about. That's the tricky part, right? Where there's not one simple answer that it has to be about selfishness and selflessness. That it has, it's gotta be about us and them building ourselves up while also letting ourselves go. And if you're like, that sounds impossible. I'm like, yeah, it sounds impossible. But isn't that the stuff of life? Like, how do we do that? How do we build ourselves up and let ourselves go at the same time? It has to be short-term and long-term. It has to be about the way each of our stories plays a longer role in something that we cannot even see sometimes. When When we think about building a team, can you imagine if the team that you are on today has an impact that outlives you? And I think it does. Like we we put our we just take we step back and we say there's some there's a frame on this that is different that is bigger, um, but it also matters for tomorrow. So it's it's a short, short term as well. It's questions and answers. We always talk about that. It's it's about finding answers while remaining true to the reality that much, if not most, of our development is going on through questions, which is true for team functioning as well. It has to be about brokenness and beauty. It will be about what an incredible human being you are. And how much value each of us has and the reality that we screw this life and work up. And I mean, we really screw it up for people. Every one of our teams are made up of people who contain the seeds of great things and the seeds of brokenness. And I don't know how we can have a whole conversation without that about teams without saying that. Um, it, It leads me to this. 
acceptance and change. This will be both be about accepting ourselves and also our situations as they are. So those situations as they are and remaining open that I might just have to, to change something and do something different to function well on teams. And I'll say this. Um, I think building takes team building great teams takes incredible fortitude and courage. A longstanding and a willingness to stick with it because they go through these seasons of, of challenge. You know, I, it just, it would not be whole and real if we didn't say that. As even as I'm looking at your faces right now, I know some of the challenges you have faced. And here's, I want to give you one fundamental framing on teams that I think is critical is this. And most of you know that the system for developing leader capacity that we provide, I spent my career building is the center of wild leaders. And it's the work we do that actually allows us to do this at no cost for, for us on Fridays. Like what we actually do is providing that system for development. And you know, a lot of, you probably, some of you have heard a lot of things about that, but it's based on this simple premise. If you want to build a team or an organization even, or a family for that matter, that will be able to adapt, to change, to learn over the long haul, to perform. If you want to develop managers and leaders with depth who can lead our organizations in the future and our teams, this is, this is the thing that is different. If you want to do that, you start by focusing on changing their minds and invite them to connect the changes in their thinking to the things they're doing every day. And what I mean by that is that creating those great teams, it will require strong operational systems. So there are more going on, but it requires us to think about the one, the root of building great teams, departments, and a culture of our organizations. It starts with the one. Some of you have heard me say this before. It's focusing on the one with an eye to the many. In other words, there are things that need to be understood regarding the unit of analysis being the team. Okay, the unit of analysis that we're looking at a team, but it always starts with the one. The one who is hired, the one who is encouraged, the one who is invited, the one who performs well, the one who changes their mind or decides not to. The development of the one person is the building block upon which all of other team level variables are built. And you can argue with me, sociologists might, I, I get that there, is, there are function group level issues affect us at the individual level, but I don't know where else to start. Why do we believe this? Because not only a millennia of human beings have proven it so, like it comes back to this all the time, but most team research actually surprisingly emphasizes it. And we've seen it over and over again in our practice in developing leaders and teams. And, and there are some things that we're pointing toward as we think about this, like Imagine this. Let me just imagine if you, I want you to imagine putting a person on a team and we'll and Claire will put this in the comments in the chat. So we'll you'll have this um who is these things and expresses these things and does these things. You put a person on a team who is clear and productive, who is connected and convicted, who is created and creative and innovative who is confident and effective, who is happy and hopeful, who is courageous and secure, who is vulnerable and compassionate, and who is open and intentional. And one final thing I want to put on the list, imagine this, they're all so fun. Like really fun. And I don't mean funny, but fun. 
Do you want them on your team? Do you want a, a team of people full of these people? Like, uh, of course we do. We all do. But unfortunately, and it breaks our wild hearts, is not like that for all of us. And it goes through seasons. In fact, many of us work on teams with people who are unclear and unproductive, stuck, insecure, afraid, unwilling to be vulnerable, unwilling to change, and lack much of any intentionality. We work on teams with people who create cultures where people gossip, people don't really listen to each other, not change their minds, just simply listen, who may be somewhat who may be somewhat productive, but a little toxic in other ways. And if we're honest, many of if most not most of us have been these people. It's not like they are all toxic and we haven't been. But what if for just a moment we held on to the reality that all teams have the capacity to suck the life out of us at some point? And even the best ones will flounder and that we could all do it better. Like, what would we do? I'm going to just say, I'm going to give, I want to say a few things about the research on teams. And there's some big words in this, y'all. Anytime you talk about research, there's some big words. Okay. So here's some things that this, uh, most of the research on teams is focused on characteristics or functioning of those teams. Things like, is the team diverse? Are they performing? How do we build trust in teams? What is their makeup? Diverse, shared mission, virtual, face-to-face. -face. Are they adaptive? A lot of work has been done on individual characteristics related to teams. Like knowledge and skill, like task expertise matters on teams. There's been stuff on attitudes regarding team orientation and shared mission and alignment. There's been research on personality and traits related to team functioning. Like the individual thing, you see that? There's been work related to job design. And a lot of the job design work has been an application of individual level job design. You see, it's like coming back to if we work on the individual structures, it helps the team. But there is some work on job design related to teams. And even self-management has been something that's been studied. Self-managing teams, you know, as we moved into teams that were not as in a, in a as authoritative kind of structure. And psychological safety in teams has even been studied. And then we move into th things called adaptive cycles, which is like a big word meaning regarding context and execution and project planning. That's really what those things are about with the goal of like a shared mental model, like where people are thinking in a line going in the same direction. It's a lot of research that we're going to cover in the next few weeks in different ways that takes us deeper. Um, and so we will cover some of that. But why does it really matter? Why does it really matter? Because I want to repeat what I said at the beginning. The health and functioning of the team we work on is so fundamentally core to our capacity to flourish as human beings and to perceive ourselves on a daily basis as whole. And, and it's interesting. Like, I got to give a nod to this. This is the academic in me that is responsible for things. Because one of the things that I used to teach graduate students, like the first thing I would teach them regarding teams was, We'd ask them the question because every textbook talks about it. What's the difference between a group and a team? What is the difference between a group and a team? And some of you have an opinion, but there's, there's actually people who have studied this. And I'll say it quite simply, a group comes together for no apparent reason. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. A group comes together for no apparent reason. A team comes together for a reason. So a lot of this has to do when you're talking about teams, you're talking about people who came together for a common reason to do something on purpose. And uh, there's so much to 
unpack as we get into these coming weeks that we're going to talk through. And so, like I said, is like something maybe I've said already has prompted something in you. And that's where I hope the conversation not only goes for you today, but maybe in, the, in even in the coming week as you have conversations with other people about what's going on in teams. How do we actually improve them? Do we focus on the one? All those things. But we're going to cover how to coach your team. How do we actually become great team coaches? I have a friend who thinks that that it's that at the highest levels of athletics, like coaching doesn't matter. It's all about getting the best talent. I'm like, hogwash. It's ridiculous. You like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You can have a great, you can have the greatest group of people. Just ask any coach with the most talent in the world without great coaching. Where are we with that? We're going to talk about knowing your players. How do you see them and know them, their, their skills, their weak spots, their character, their personality? How can you lead a great team if you don't see them for who they are? We're going to talk about being the leader of the team that, that your team wants to follow. There's been an amazing literature on the effect of leaders on teams. Like you can't, most writing about teams that has half, half of a responsibility and connection to what the reality would say that teams and leadership, you can't disconnect them very well. It's very difficult to do that. So we're going to talk about what it means to be the, the, the leader the team wants to follow. We will spend an entire week on that one problem person. I cannot tell you how many senior leaders we work with who have that one problem person. So what do you do? We're also, I got to say this also, uh, leading a fun team. We're going to spend a week on that. Leading a fun team. Slowing down the hustle. A team with like with a mission that matters. We're going to dig into the concept of a mission that matters. So I come back to what I said before. It's like the health, functioning, and performing of a team is the lifeblood of so many things, of emotional health and, and our just our ability to get things done on mission. And most every one of us works on a team or has, or will, or is building one, and that team can fill us with life and hope and purpose, or it can fill us with dread, fear, and cause us to look for a way out. I have too many friends looking for a way out because of a, a team that's not those things. So what role can we play in building a great team and being a part of one? And so I just we're just getting started, y'all. So wherever it is this conversation is supposed to go, let's take this there. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.